You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like Bemis Associates. Let's make amazing. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deals. We continue our On the Road series. We're at 122 Old Air Road in Groton at the all-new Groton Hill Music Center. Cat, who are we chatting with today? Well, today we're really lucky because we are joined by Catherine Coleman, who is the Director of Development, and David Leary, the Director of Marketing. I just want to say thank you to both of you for opening it up. It's not a Tuesday, but we might be getting a tour, so we're just really thankful, and thank you for letting us in today. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're always happy to give people tours. That's why one of the reasons we instigated Tuesday tours was so that there was a consistent time where we could invite people into this incredible space. So and, we're happy to have you. And I have to say, it is very inviting when you drive up. It is quite spectacular. The view that you get from the road and when you're pulling up is it's just a work of architectural beauty. It really is. It must be tough having these views every day. <laughs> you got to remember that this place is entirely intentional, which is, I think, easy to forget when you're kind of when you're kind of gobsmacked by the architecture and by the just the 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 the, the size of the thing. But it 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 rises when you come upon it. It it's a little hidden at first. You don't see it from very far away, and then you start to come up the hill, and it presents itself to you. And that's entirely intentional. I mean, again, the, kudos to the architects and to the landscape designers for making this thing that that comes alive the closer you get to it. Which is so I, I think it, it speaks to music, right? It speaks to our experience with sound. It's something that that presents itself more and more that reveals more of itself as you get more into it, right? As you listen more, as you play more, as you become more of a musician or more of a music lover, you start to you start to notice things, right? Music starts to reveal itself to you. Um, so again, just, just a wonderful job on the architect's part. And we're going to talk more about the music, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit more about this location because I understand it has a rich history. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of this property? Sure. This property, it actually is two parcels. One, uh, what we purchased from Thomas More College, and then the other parcel was um, agricultural, so it was uh, formerly a, an apple orchard. And so we sit on 110 acres, 75 of which is agriculturally protected. So we own the view. It will always and forever be open space. And the property itself, um, it also goes up to Indian Hill. So we actually now own Indian Hill, which was the, the early name for our organization, um, and of course, now we're back in Groton and we're Groton Hill. So And Groton Hill and before that, Indian Hill had a, had a rich tradition in the area. And you mentioned coming home. What's it like to be able to bring this back to kind of where it all began decades ago? There are a number of founders who are still involved with, um, with Groton Hill. And yes, originally it was Indian Hill Music founded on Indian Hill Road in some of the founders' living rooms when they were um, just formulating this small little music organization. Uh, and and the, the mission of the organization hasn't really changed 
since its founding, which is to provide high quality music education and exceptional performances for people in this region. Of course, now we can amplify that mission uh, significantly, but yes. And so Groton has always really embraced the arts, as you probably know, it's a center for art and and music, there are so many people who have been involved since the beginning, not just as founders, but as supporters, who now we're back in Groton where we started. And there's a real sense of pride in that among uh, people who are coming now to our concerts and who are continuing to support us philanthropically. You know, it's interesting because on your website, you have a whole section that refers to home and what that means. And can you tell us how you incorporate that and how you're making that feel like home here? Yeah, sure. I think that, uh, you know, music is fundamentally a community art. It is something that we do together. Um, and, and so the space itself provides home, right? The, the space itself is is inviting. There's a lot of, of places to be. There's a lot of places to learn, right? We have 35 different studio classrooms. Um, and of course, we have four performance spaces, two of which are world-class acoustically tuned spaces. Um, and we make sure that students take full advantage of all of those things, which I think you know, for me, you know, like as a father, if you want to go real deep on it, right? Um, that music is a space where you can be and where you can use everything, right? Home is a space where there was nothing necessarily off limits, right? Where you were free to explore, where you were free to fail, which is a huge part of all of our journeys as musicians, right? You have got to whiff hard in front of other people in order to know you want to take that next step. You, you love this thing enough that you're going to keep going at it. And so one of the wonderful things that this space provides is a lot of different ways to explore that, to explore performance, to explore learning, whether it's in very small, intimate learning spaces where you're, you're learning one-on-one -on -one from a mentor, whether it's our smaller 60-seat recital space, or whether it's our 1,000-seat concert hall, which we invite students to play on routinely. Right? These are all different ways that you can engage and you can learn. And to, to me, uh, that is very much in, in keeping with the spirit of home. But I think, I think home gets deeper than that, right? It's not just the the building because the building could be interpreted as a little intimidating because it's beautiful and it's intentional and it's it's consistent in its building materials there's a lot going on here and so home for us as the shepherds of this space for us as the people who are carrying the mandate of this space forward means being extremely involved with the customers, with the students, with the patrons, with the people who come here to have an experience, um, making sure that that we're always smiling, that we're always inviting, that we're providing a world-class customer experience that matches the tone of this building, you know, for concert patrons, because that's what they should expect, right? They should expect that they can come here and that they will be well taken care of and that the people who are here to provide them with a good evening, genuinely care that they are having a good time. For, for students, it, it gets even a little bit deeper than that, right? Because students are coming here in, from a position of vulnerability, right? Students are here to, to whiff, to fail, right? <laughs> you are going to do that. And we all know that. And so it's our responsibility, if I can be so bold as to use the word love, right? To show them love, to show them grace, and to help them 
see that those things are okay and that that's how we all get better and that, trust me, we've all been there. So it, it is our attitude there that tries to complement the space. Um, and that's extremely explicit for us as, as employees of this wonderful institution. And when we first arrived here, uh, we saw some of these summer students from the this, this summer camp that's going on right now, and it was all smiles, and they all seem excited to be here. And as you talk about how you treat those students and how you allow them to, to whiff and to have these experiences, can you talk a little bit more about the programming that you offer through your summer camps, but also your other lessons and performing opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So we teach in three primary modalities. So we teach private lessons, which is what you kind of think of as music education, right? It's it's one-on-one. It's a, it's a student and a teacher working on a specific set of goals where you're at as a musician and trying to get you to rise to the next level. Uh, we teach classes, which are, are larger groups of people, which can be a really economical way for people to start a musical journey or to, to rekindle a love um, or just to learn about something new. So we have uh, uh, this next year, we have an upcoming seven part history of jazz course, which is going to be really cool. And we teach, you know, things like beginner ukulele, beginner guitar, beginner piano, all of these classes that can help people get in. And then we teach ensemble education as well, which is teaching people how to play together, not just how to play your instrument, but how to play it with other people, which is another sort of extremely important part of a musician's journey, right, is deciding how they want to engage, how they want to add their voice to something. Part of that, right, is offering these summer programs, is offering summer classes. And so the way that we run them this summer, we have over 18 different programs running this summer, and they're all one-week educational experiences. Um, So what you saw today is is a young person's class, right, and it's all about exploration, sort of getting in and, and getting your hands on a lot of different instruments um, and then kind of picking one to to start to actually really dive into, to really learn whether it's ukulele or piano or guitar or violin, what, what, what kind of speaks to you and getting a little bit of experience on that thing so that even as a young person, you can maybe make a more informed decision about well, what is it that you want to do with this thing. But then we teach a lot of other classes for, for like we have summer programs for teenagers here for um, really dedicated piano students who are, are going uh, who are going to be competing and are interested in raising their level. We have four jazz students who are interested in, in again, how do I collaborate? How, how, do I, how do I sit down in a room with someone I just met and, and start to really make something beautiful? And then we have, uh, we, we're dipping our toes kind of into Broadway. We have a Broadway class coming up at the, in August. And we have, we're actually going to put on a small musical production of Moana Jr. over in our Thousand Seat Concert Hall as well at the end of August. So um, for us, education and, and young people in the, the in this summer means breadth. It means mm-hmm. offering a lot of different things because one of the things that we need to do in our first year here is figure out what is the community need, right? How do we wield this tool in the way that is most beneficial to everyone in the surrounding area, right? How yeah. do we act as good shepherds? And how do you determine that? You know, 18 programs in one summer. That's a lot of programming to determine is a need. How do you make the decisions? What programs? Yeah, so it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, again, it is a, it is right now. It's a process of experimentation. So mm-hmm. we have a huge benefit here in that we were Indian Hill music mm-hmm. for a long time, right? We learned how to be scrappy, how to survive, how to thrive in a smaller space. And so for us, this space is well. Okay, so how do you take those lessons and then scale them mm-hmm. up? Um, which means more programming means more diverse programming. Um, and, and, you know, there, there are certainly questions there of like, well, what have we seen interest in in the past mm-hmm. that maybe we couldn't 
serve. And, and also there are questions of, well, who can you get, right? Who, who do we know is an extremely good educator who works extremely well with what age group and what mm-hmm. interest level? And then how do we start to, to match those things out? Um, so, you know, you got to think of if there are 18 programs that, that are actually running this summer, that's because 40 were put up on a wall um, <laughs> and a lot got cut. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with our On the Road series at Groton Hill Music Center. Do you know about the North Central Massachusetts Chamber? Maybe you're not sure how it affects you or your business, but it does because the Chamber exists to make the region a better, more productive place to live, work, and grow a business. Better jobs, growing incomes, and an expanded economy are what the Chamber delivers to its members and communities. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deals. We continue our chat with Catherine Coleman, the Director of Development, and David Leary, the Director of Marketing over at the Groton Hill Music Center. Going back to the education part of it, because you're right, it, it all does start with education and how you guys are educating the children and, and you're moving it forward and introducing it at such a young age. So it being such a major part of it, um, what are the what are some of the opportunities? Like specific, let's say, what's coming up this summer? Yes, I'd just like to comment on a couple of things that, that Dave said. One is when we talk about home, I think it's important to remember that that also means that everyone belongs here, that it, uh, even though, as Dave explained it, it, you know, it feels a little intimidating as you come upon the building, but we want everyone to feel a sense of warmth and belonging and that and supported um, at every step. So that particularly goes to the kind of education, educational experience that we provide. Another thing I just wanted to emphasize is that we also have touring artists who perform here and they actually work with our students. Now, some of them are in our summer program. So for example, just, I think it was last week, Mark Arelli, who's a really, you know, well-known singer-songwriter, worked with our Summer Jams um, kids, and they got this unbelievable experience of not only hearing from them, and then he watched them rehearse, and then they got to go see him perform live on our stage. So those are the kinds of opportunities, too, that we really try to, that set us apart from other music schools. And you were talking about some sort of things coming up. We do have the National Youth Symphony Orchestra, which is coming, I think, next week. And that is the best uh, high school students from across the country who study at Carnegie Hall, and they are coming here to perform with the world-class violinist Gil Shaham. And um, so again, that is an opportunity for our students to learn from them and also attend that concert. So very much that sort of that feedback loop of learning and then experiencing very high quality music. And I'm sure wow. this has got to be a tremendous experience for the students and, and for the other folks that are in this, but for the musicians that come through, What's it like for them to not just come here and perform, but to also be able to give back and, and really inspire folks that want to get more involved and, and shape their craft? So I can tell you what I've observed, and that is that it's a thrill for the artists who um, who really do uh, are comfortable in that space and want to do that. First of all, they love performing on our stages, and I, I think that goes without saying that not only is it a great experience for the audience member, but it's also a terrific experience for the artist. I think my sense is they remember what it was like when they were learning how to make music. I mean, Dave, I think, articulated it really well about sort of the 
storming, you know, sort of the, the various stages you go through as you develop as a musician. And they love to share that experience with um, the students and, um, and then often will try to uh, explain their, um, how they develop songs or how, the, how music, how they have grown within music. And um, it's, it's actually, I think, often a surprise even to the artists as to what comes out as they are working with the kids. Um, we also had a Far Cry, which is a, a wonderful string ensemble out of Boston who went and worked with our students in Fitchburg. So I should mention, too, that we also work outside of these walls in Fitchburg, Lemonster, Clinton. Those are in particular uh, in the North Central communities where those students don't necessarily are either not able to come here or are not getting the kind of music education that other students do in some other towns. And so we send um, our teachers in, but we also sometimes will send touring artists or, or professional artists to go in and work with those kids. And that is just, you know, it's truly a, a thrill, but for everybody and also the teachers who are there, the teachers who are teaching these kids in the schools. Um, so you're providing uh, yeah. such a great experience. And that was definitely something mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about was your commitment to community and to the surrounding communities of Groton and the work that you're doing in the public school system. Those, those partnerships are so important for the, the children that are gaining access to musicians and music and instruments that they might not have. Yeah, it's really powerful. And then, of course, there are, we also, and we'll be doing more of this next season, is we actually uh, this year brought students from uh, Lowell, Fitchburg, and then our youth orchestra um, stu uh, string students came together and worked with a world-class Scottish fiddler, Alistair Fraser, and um, in his touring partner, um, Natalie Haas, who's a cellist. And they brought these kids together for a two-hour workshop, and they had to learn by ear a tune. And, you know, they didn't know each other coming in, and then they practiced it all afternoon, and they performed with them on the concert hall stage that evening. And it was just so, to see them come in, like, really not knowing what they were in for and then to end up playing on stage with these incredible musicians. That, what a unique experience that, you know, to get at such a young age and to have such influence on you. I'm sure that, that you've got some lots of buddy musicians out of that program. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And when it comes to unique experiences, I know we're focusing a lot about the education right now, but there's also the whole aspect of the live performances that you have here. And I was looking over your list with Cap before we came and seeing you know, some big names, um, Bella Fleck, Sean Colvin, all different world-class artists that are coming here. Can you talk a little bit about the concert experience and what you're able to offer with your different stages? And As a community resource, the performance opportunities here are, are really pretty incredible. Because one of the things that really sets us apart as a venue, um, not just is our, our convenient and yet, um, you know, just a little rural, pleasantly so location, um, but the fact that we have these two different stages of two very different sizes, right? The fact that we have a 300-seat hall and we have a 1,000-seat hall gives us a flexibility of programming, a flexibility of what we can bring to the community um, that you, you might not find elsewhere, right? So when we it – it allows us to take people – to take artists in – who can only sell a couple hundred seats, right? Who are still at the beginning of their community development as an artist, um, and, and put them onto the into these incredible spaces that, from a, a patron's perspective, 
uh, are are gorgeous, right? Are are physically beautiful, are welcoming, right? Where where you will be guided in by one of our you know two hundred plus volunteers um, who are all dedicated community members and who come to help us out with every show. Where you can take advantage of one of our six bars, a dining experience at our Woodland Room, which is an eighty seat dining space, where you can you know come and enjoy fast Wi-Fi and comfortable couches leading up to your experience. You can come and relax ahead of time. Then you go into these halls, right, that open up in front of you, um, that surround you with beautiful organic building materials that are bathed in natural light. Um, And then you get to see an artist in, in a space where not only is the acoustic experience superior for you as a patron, right? Your experience listening is superior, but but so is that artist's, uh, right? So when we're talking a little bit about what the artist's experience here is, playing stages like this is a unique experience for many people, right? Especially... Um, you know, if you are if you are used to smaller venues, if you are used to spaces that aren't tuned, you you actually have to learn a little bit during the sound check. Like, what what do I sound like in this space? What does it what does it feel like to play in a room where I can really hear everything, where it's articulate and warm? Um, and so so th- that that builds this relationship, right? Not only is are the patrons are the people who are experiencing the art, experiencing um, something something frankly better, right? Something that sounds different and interesting and and visceral. But so is the artist, right? The artist is also experiencing that same uh, flood of new sensations as they get up and start to play, um, and and that builds a really interesting dynamic relationship between the two that that I think adds for both, right? It adds to your experience as a performer and adds to your experience as a patron. Yeah, how lucky it is to have something so close and and, and provide such an amazing experience, as you said, for the artists as well. So I'm just curious, do you have artists that come through and want to use the space, but not necessarily perform, but to record? Is that something that has happened as well? We have had inquiries about recording in the space. It's not really, it, it can be done. It's mm-hmm. not something we sell yet. Uh, I think that is one of those, that, that's one of those experimental services that will kind of figure out what does this building do really well as we, as we sort of get, get deeper into, into the cycle. But, but sitting here eight months in, we're not there yet. <laughs> and eight months in, you're also celebrating a pretty special year for the Vista mm-hmm. Philharmonic Orchestra. I understand it's their Maestro Bruce Hangin's 25th season. Can you talk a little bit about the significance of that and also some of these special guests that are going to be part of that celebratory year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're really excited to be able to. So it's, it's Maestro Bruce Hangen's 25th year. It's the Vista Phil's 49th season, uh, which is incredible. Again, thinking about the fact that um, th- th- this was a, a community endeavor, right? This was literally an upstart group of, of young people at the time who wanted to play their instruments at the to the highest level they could um and and so people came together right they formed an organic community and it it grew and nigh on 50 years later here we are right with this amazing facility that is effectively a direct outcropping of of the audacity of people to play music Uh, i really think it's it's beautiful um, and we're really fortunate because of that. So yeah, so so the the 25th season will be will be a really fun one. Uh, we've really learned how to how to put on orchestral performances over the course of the last few months and in their their previous season here and and how to how to play this room right. What kind of creative flexibility spaces like this allow you to do? We sort of invited Maestro Bruce Hangen to sort of figure out well, what 
what what is it that you would like to do with this 25th season? How do you want to celebrate this momentous occasion? And he did so by you know by putting together a, a season that he says you know is is for his friends, and he means that as as the musicians and the community, and and also the pieces he's chosen, right? The uh, composers that he has loved over the course of his life. Um, he gets to perform those all in, in one clean season. Um, and also bringing in a lot of really interesting talent, right? So he's bringing in Midori, uh, right? World famous violinist who will be amazing to hear in this space. Um, bringing in some younger talent, bringing in Christopher Humbert, who is a, an amazing voice, um, who we had in uh, to a couple times last year over the course of the season to do a couple small narration things. But he'll be coming in and doing a full program with us. And uh, Borromeo String Quartet, right? Really really interesting meaty music um, that we get to pair with this incredible professional orchestra, the Vista Phil. Uh, so we, we are really looking forward to next season. And on top of that, right, they're also doing a small chamber show in September and a pair of Christmas shows uh, in December. So by all means, lots of opportunity. Yeah, they're going to celebrate the 25th year of him being the maestro very well, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. That's not the only kind of ensembles that occur and is, is the Philharmonic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Saturday Ensemble experience? And I understand that auditions are open online. You can submit and that you have two dates coming up for in-person. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the Saturday Ensemble experience is our youth orchestra. So that's where, you know, so we have a, a sort of tiered system of young people so that no matter kind of what age you are or where you're at with your instrument, whether you're a wind player, strings player, percussion player, um, brass player, almost forgot, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, again, we want to make sure that, that these young people who are involved in their high school orchestra and band programs have a space to come and, and dedicate time to honing their craft. Our teen ensemble programs are not there to replace high school programs. They are supplementary. They are additive. In fact, all of our performers play with their high school um, or, or middle school ensembles. Um, so these are spaces where they get to come in and, and meet different meet different people, right? Meet different players from all across the region. Uh, again, getting that experience of like, well, how do I sit down with someone I've never met and, and share a musical relationship with them? Um, they get to meet, learn from some, some absolutely fascinating faculty members, right? Dr. Frederick Harris, who runs our wind ensemble, runs the MIT wind ensemble, as well and gave our students the opportunity to travel to MIT last year and perform with their wind ensemble. So again, lots of collaborative opportunities there. Um, and that's really what our, 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 our Saturday ensembles are all about. They're all about building new relationships and, and approaching music a little bit differently, right? Um, I think high schools, and the school system, but by necessity, this isn't a critique, needs to teach sort of formulaically, right? Because you have a lot of students who are all at very different levels. Um, and so you you have a certain approach that you have to take in order to make it work. Um, and here, because things are, are audition-based um, and because we have the, the sort of the freedom that you opted into this thing, that you are spending your Saturday with us here. Um, it can be more holistic, it can be more human, it can be more about communication, about how sound makes us feel and how we translate that into our instrument. Um, and, and that really is the, the goal of the faculty is to, to make us these young people are coming out as expressive musicians, which is great um, and really, really uh, fun. The, those kids play very well, we're, we're very proud. And for the two of you, just want to talk a little bit about your experience uh, being here. Catherine got your start in working in theaters in Boston. And to be able to come to a, a place like this, to really kind of oversee as, as it's as it started up this new life in the area, what's that been like for you? Well, that's a great question. So, yes, early in my career, I worked at the, which, which was what, uh, at the time, the Wang Center. 
And that was fascinating because they actually, this was during the, in the eighties, they were actually going through their own major renovation. So I remember scampering up the scaffolding and showing donors uh, what, <laughs> what their support was going to do, help us do. <laughs> and of course I've been here uh, for about 12 years. Um, so when I joined, it was still Indian Hill and it was a small organization. And I remember even when I joined, I said, oh, there is so much potential <laughs> with this organization. Um, and so, of course, now being, you know, having um, worked through this, um, this whole process, it's, it's really, um, it's really spectacular. And of course, during the time that we were building this, it was about an eight year build. Yeah. Um, during the time we were building it, we would take people on tours and we'd talk about our vision. And we always talked about how we wanted this building to feel. It was really important that we not lose that sense of warmth and welcoming. And, but you never really know until people start to inhabit the spaces and you, you know, we're, we're putting on performers and we're educating. Uh, and truly, I think what's been most gratifying for me is that uh, that vision is being realized and people are actually responding the way we hoped they would. Uh, to what we're offering and and supporting our efforts, and that is actually pretty uh, extremely rewarding, and and also bodes really well for our success in the future. We'd call ourselves a 38 year old startup, and that's really <laughs> true, um, because we we in many ways we're able to sort of not reinvent ourselves, but really what is the foundation that we that we had and how do we build on that in a way that feels authentic to who we are as an organization. So I think that's really, you know, what the uh, what the opportunities are here, both with the building and then also being able to bring in so many more people mm -hmm. uh, to experience really a whole diversity of, of programming. Yeah, it, it is very welcoming. It is a very beautiful open space. You they took a lot of time to curate that and they did a very good job. It's it's when you pull up, you just really feel like you're just somewhere very special. You you really do. And David, for you as a musician, I know you play bass. Are, are you like a kid in the candy store every time you come to work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a heathen musician. I'm not a trained musician. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it is wonderful to get to work with these people and work with you know with a, with a clientele that loves music uh that 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 is definitely a gift yeah and i will say that you by all means have the right job um listening to both of you speak um about this building and what you're offering your passion comes through and you can tell that this is a place for community this is a place to come and learn and this is a place to come and be in awe and um, we just thank you so much for opening your doors to us today and where can listeners go for more information about the groton hill music center yeah absolutely we invite you to follow us on social media at groton hill music we invite you to come to grottenhill.org um grottenhill.org slash school for anything educational slash tickets for anything concert wise uh slash volunteer if you're interested in joining our volunteer corps and coming in and being part of this community Slash support. Mm. That's the important one right there. <laughs> Ways to support. Uh, Catherine and I give tours most Tuesdays at 6 p.m. You can sign up at grottenhill.org slash tours. Uh, we, do, we, we cap them because there's a lot of demand for them, but it is always our pleasure to, to invite people into this space and to take them through and to talk about what this gift is and how you can get involved. And we've been chatting with Catherine Coleman, the Director of Development, and David Leary, the Director of Marketing with Groton Hill Music Center. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. 
for more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.